Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Field Guys podcast, your source for the greatest sports minds since Stephen A. Smith. We are your hosts, Cameron Kern and Max Jensen. And today on the podcast, we are looking at the return of the NFL, uh, a few comments about the return of the MLB season, and some controversial moves made by the NFL recently. Uh, Let's get right into it, starting off with Blake Snell's comments about the MLB returning and Bryce Harper as well. Um, Blake Snell talked about how he wouldn't want to play for a, redu- uh, a reduced salary if the MLB was to start a shortened season. And Bryce Harper seemed to agree with him on that. And it, it has sparked a little bit of, a little bit of controversy among bit. sports minds and the MLB. Bit. So, so Max, let me let me hear your take on that. Yeah, so I took some time to think about it. Like, I've sort of been going back and forth with how I feel about it, but I think overall, like, there there's a much better way he could have gone about doing this. Um, he did it on a on a Twitch stream, and if you listen to it, like the way he talks about stuff, it. I'm sure he is sincere, but it doesn't seem sincere. He's like, man, you know, this Rona, like, you know, it's going to get me. Like, he doesn't seem uh, very sincere. And I understand. I agree that there's valid concerns for baseball coming back. But I feel like player sal- salary should not be the number one concern. It should be, um, like, the health of the employees. Um, I think player salary shouldn't be at the top of the list. And look, most of those guys are already millionaires. Um, I think actually like more emphasis should be put on minor league player salaries because those guys only get like $20,000 a year rather than the millions that the MLB guys are doing getting. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't love Blake Snell. Like I don't, I don't mind that he speaks his mind, um, but I – I don't love his opinion, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I had a hard time with this comment too. Just for for two main reasons. The the first one being that in a time like this, there should among the players, there should be an effort to have one unified message, especially if there's a push to get sports back as quickly as possible there should be one unified message coming from the players who are, are, who are talking with the owners about how this is all going to work out. If there are a bunch of different opinions going out and a bunch of different comments coming around, it'll make the process of getting sports back much slower and negotiating much harder. He should be letting the MLB Players Association do the negotiating. That's what they're there for. And it's not his position to be dirtying the water i guess and making it harder for the negotiations to happen if there's not a unified message the second thing i didn't like about this which is less a sports issue and more of just a morality issue is that he's complaining about the differences between millions of dollars when there are like 33 plus millions americans out of work it's 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 just hard to hear him complain about not being able to make his millions 
when he's still making millions of dollars, when it's like the greatest job loss since the recession. It's, it, it just seems selfish to me, especially in a time like this. Usually I wouldn't really care because, I mean, yeah, get your money when you're young, but it feels like the wrong time to be complaining about a salary that already puts you well ahead of most of America. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing, based on sort of what I've been hearing about the MOB deal, um, it sounds like it might actually be a choice for whether players come back to play, which, you know, like I'm fine with you making your own decisions, but I don't love it just because that messes with the whole playoff picture. Um, it could really screw up some things. Um, but he did, he talked about putting his life in danger, which is, it's fair. You're putting your life at more risk than you are right now. But talk about like risk. We got healthcare industry workers. We have, you know, cooks still going to their job, grocery store, grocery store workers. Um, so I think he's got to be careful when he's talking about, um, you know, his situation and him putting his life in danger when you got millions of Americans doing so much more right now, actually. Um, and Bryce Harper backing him up is crazy. Like Snell, I think he's making 7 million or so. So I think it'd be, um, just under a million that he'd be making for the the shortened season, but like Harper, man, 300 million. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Um, but I, I, I see what you're saying about, uh, like a one voice thing. And like, I don't really care too much that he spoke his mind. Um, I think people should be entitled to their opinion, but it definitely is going to have an effect on negotiating. Um, and it could really make for a messy process. Um, we'll see how the owner player relationship really shakes out and it could lead to some unwanted things. Hopefully we don't see any like strikes or anything, but, uh, it's, it's, it's possible based on what we've been seeing. Um, speaking of the return of sports in general, the NFL plans on opening its facilities on Tuesday. Roger Goodell sent out a memo to most of the league or to all of the league saying that the facilities were going to be, are going to be open on Tuesday as long as it coincides with state uh, regulations. They are required to follow a large set of protocols there. It's going to be mainly non-player staff. So 50% of the non-player staff are allowed to come back. I think I read it's only 75 people in the facilities at one time. And the only players who are allowed back are the players who were already rehabbing with the team before the shutdown. And there's going to be no coaching staff unless those coaches or trainers are helping with the rehab. And the idea behind it is that it's meant to demonstrate their ability to open, uh, to do it slowly and to show that they can do everything safely so they can hopefully, this is hopefully the first step in reopening up the, uh, the NFL to its complete uh, power, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What are you thinking? Um, well, you know, I, I see this mainly as like a message. Um, 
I don't know if they're going to accomplish much at the facilities that they weren't going to be able to do outside of it because obviously none of the players are coming back unless they're on rehab, which they were already probably connecting with a trainer um, at their homes. So I don't think it's going to change much, but I do think it's a good message that the NFL has the ability to come back and we might see it come back on time in the fall. Um, but one interesting thing from the uh, like the rules or regulations is that, like you said, they had to uh, obtain a consent from the state and local government. And if one team, if one local government like said, no, this is not allowed, then no one, no one can do it. So I guess because Goodell announced it, I guess every government did okay this. But it seems kind of crazy that uh, that 32 different governments have to sort of okay this. And it seems like it could be um, hard. Like if, if one says no, then it's it, it cancels it. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, I don't know how much it'll do in terms of actually benefiting the team in like a tangible way. I don't know how, many, how much better teams will be because of this method of reopening but i think if if you're gonna reopen the league this is the way to do it doing it slowly taking those baby steps making sure that you can actually do things the right way and then once you're sure that this is functional then moving on then maybe getting players in there then maybe getting coaches back in there so I think this is definitely the right message to send people to show like we can, we can still do things, get things done without um, putting our workers in danger. And I also think if you want to send the message that the league is still going to open on time, games are still going to happen on time and we're still going to get a full 16 game uh, season in, then I think this is the way to start doing it. Yeah. So props to Goodell, who I usually hate. Yes, you don't give much props to Goodell. No one gives um, props to Goodell. That's that's very true. But yeah, I think they actually called it phase one, and this is exactly that. I'm sure after this, maybe they'll integrate you know, half of the players, maybe bring in a few coaches and slowly work their way back. And I think that's a better approach than to just go zero to 60 and just say, hey, we're opening everything back up because um, it keeps uh, people's safety, uh, you know, in their minds. Um, I think that's just the way to go. But in other NFL news, um, there's a couple players that were uh, arrested um, yeah, this like, past week. It was like yeah, three separate incidences too. Yeah, and four players. That's yeah. why there was the the Bills at Oliver, the Redskins, yeah. Cody Latimer, and then the Giants, DeAndre Baker and the Seahawks, Quentin Dunbar. And then Baker and Dunbar were together in a like in a robbery. Yeah. I yeah, I think Ed Oliver had a DWI, uh Cody Latimer assault and illegal discharge of a firearm. Cool. And then Baker and Dunbar uh they were involved in armed robbery and it's just kind of crazy that it all happened like in the same week. It was like back to back to back. Yeah. Um, especially when we're all supposed to be quarantined and stuff. 
you have all these players getting arrested, which is, it's weird, but, uh, you know, it's, it's always great to see, you know, two Redskins involved in this. Dunbar used to play for the Redskins. So. Yeah. Well, We're doing I mean, great. we did that's, sign that's just, uh, Ruben Foster Redskins. last year. That's, that's just the Redskins. Uh... That's, that's, that's our luck. Yeah. Not their luck. That's just, that's just, that's what the Redskins do. They get arrested. Not, uh, not you guys suck. That's that's a whole different story, Cameron. Well, you know, both yeah, we'll do well this on year. and off the field. Wow, we changed everything up. Your own got a new. That's never going to change. So, I've just pushed that aside, and I'm like, all right, we got a new GM, we got a new coach, we got we got some new players. I'm I'm optimistic. Sure. I'm very optimistic, actually. You should be. Yeah, that was sarcasm. It was sarcasm. Damn. <laughs> um, in other NFL news, what will probably be the, the, the meat of this podcast meat. is a, <laughs> thank you. a new pretty controversial proposal by the NFL to incentivize the hiring of minority coaches and GMs with uh, draft picks. So you hire uh, people of or people of color to those positions, and then you'd get better draft picks is the idea. Yep. And there has been a lot of conversation about, about this since it's come out mainly negative from, from what I can see definitely, and not only from like politicians or um, NFL analysts, but seems from everybody across all spectrums. Yeah. It, there, it, it, it seems to be relatively, regarded as the wrong way to go about doing this oh yeah yep. um the vote i think happens pretty soon they need 24 of the teams to to vote yes on this one and i i have issues with this the the first one being it's I agree there's a diversity issue in that position of the NFL. There are, I think, six people of color in GM and coaching spots across the NFL. So of the 64 positions, there are six people of color. Yeah. Which is bad. It's it is. Very bad. Yep. But the fact that the NFL feels like they need to do it this way is it's a bad sign on its own to, to see that it's gotten to the point where teams and uh, owners and the NFL feel like they need to incentivize teams to, to hire people like this. And my immediate reaction is, 
you should be hiring the person who blows you away, right? Mike Tomlin, when he interviewed with the Steelers, he blew them away. They hired him. John Harbaugh, when he interviewed with the Ravens, they, he, he interviewed, he blew them away. That's why he got hired. So it, it, first of all, it shouldn't be a race thing. It is to some degree an issue of race, obviously because of the six out of 64 positions. But I think I was listening to Lewis. Yeah. What's his name? What's Riddick. It? Lewis? I was listening to him too. Yeah. Lewis something on, on the NFL. Lewis and Riddick. is it Lewis Reddick? Riddick. Riddick. I wanted to say Reddick. I, I knew that was wrong. I was That's JJ. JJ Reddick. Yeah. But I was listening to him talk about it. And I, I think his idea was the one that seemed the most efficient and seemed like the best way to do it. And it was just, you need to improve the ability of minority coaches and GM prospects. You need to improve their ability to network. The first time you meet with them cannot be when they're interviewing, right? So if, if you meet with them outside of the, of the interview room, if you meet with them just at a party or some kind of get together for the NFL and you're already talking with them and you're already having conversations and they're already in your network, that gives them a better chance of being hired rather than just meeting them right off the bat at that first meeting. And that I think needs to be the way the NFL does this. They need to just provide a more, they need to provide more opportunities for people that aren't already in the system to network themselves. Cause it's much easier if you're already well known in the NFL to network yourself. If you're already a name that people know to network yourself. But if you're not already within those positions and if you don't already have those connections, it is very hard to get into it. And I think that's what the NFL needs to do a better job of is providing opportunities to network yourself and meet with people and get into those inner circles. Because I, this isn't the way it should be done. I agree there needs to be a change in the, the diversity of, of the NFL, but this, this isn't the way to do it. Yeah. And I, def- I, I wanted to highlight the rules of the uh, the new deal just to show how insane this is. Um, so the first rule is a team who hires minority head coach would move up six spots in the third round um, upon the coach's second season. Um, the team would move up 10 spots in the third for hiring a person of color as the general manager. Um, if both the head coach and GM are uh, filled by a minority candidate in the same year, they can move up to 16 spots and there's more incentives for not firing a coach after the first two years. And that last one right there, that kind of just like the fact that they need to put that, like if you don't fire him in the first two years, meaning that teams might just hire them to get better draft picks. That's awful. Um, and this is a big problem in the NFL. It's a huge problem, but I don't feel this is the way to do it. It seems, I don't know, force the, 
forced is the right word, but um, it's just not the way to do it. Um, and if it's come to this, like how bad is the NFL? Like obviously um, m- most, if not all the owners, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong um, most are white old men, right? And that's, that's another problem. And that goes uh, past the NFL and that goes to just society in general. Um, there should be more minority owners as well. But it's sad to see someone like Lewis Riddick, who mentioned this uh, when I was listening to, to him talk, qualified candidates, even if they are hired just based on their competency, competency um, it's not, there's always going to be something in the back of their mind where it's like, maybe it's not, maybe it's because they're just going to get better draft picks. And that's really insulting to them. Um, I, I don't think it's cool. And like you said, I think networking is part of the solution. Um, minorities need to be able to connect with these owners, um, have the interview not be the first time that they speak with them. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge problem, but I don't like this. I don't think a lot of people like this. And I guess there's a vote coming up soon, but I, I don't know if it's going to pass. Yeah. Overall, I think the, the biggest message is that it's, it's really awful that it's gotten to this point yeah. where people feel like this, they, they have to take this action to make things or to give more level ground. But at that same point, you're not even giving people level ground. You're just, yeah. you're making it as if it's almost like you're telling them this is the only way for you to get hired. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, I, I don't like the way they're doing this. I, I feel like a lot of people agree and I don't see this passing. Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. And I, I think there are, are better ways to go about solving this problem. And this is the, one of the bad ways to go about solving this problem. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's really insulting. To yeah, a lot of folks. Um, um so that was exciting. That was, was. A, a very lighthearted topic yeah. that we just covered right there. Right. But uh before we move on to our uh, our next topic that's it's 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 fun. It's, it's a fun. fun topic. It's a fun segment. Um I wanted to um preview something. So our website, fieldguyspodcast.com. Um com. it's been up updated. And um, I'm starting to put more like, like articles, you know, um, I, I will obviously post episodes, um, but also put uh, some, some articles. And if you, if you go check it out right now, I did one recapping, Cameron's going to love this, the uh, season finale of Survivor. So you can go check that out. But my most oh, uh, Survivor guy. Yes, I, I am. I am. I know that. Um, but uh, the, my most recent one that I posted today, and I'll highlight this in social media and stuff, um, top 10 shortstops right now. So I want to preview it a little bit um, to make 
make you guys want to go check out the full the full article. But I'll give you um, five through four. I don't want to give you number one because I feel like you know, that that'd be giving it away, and you guys got to go check it out. Okay. Um, number five, uh, I'm gonna put Xander Bogarts, Cameron's my boy, probably Cameron's number one, greatest um, name. Yeah, Bogarts is he's insane on offense. He had a 141 runs created plus, um, 33 home runs. Um, his fielding though is it's really bad. It's, it's rough, but the offense irrelevant levels it out. I think his, his defensive run saves, um, over the last three years, negative 21, negative 19, negative 11. So I think, I don't know if the Red Sox necessarily have this ability, but if they can move him over to like second base or third base or something, I think he'd thrive there. Hey, that is Dustin Pedroia's rightful spot. Right. And you will respect his like abilities. Two games over the past like five years. Greatest second baseman all the time. Get Jeter. Uh, yeah. Jeter's a shortstop. That's what I said. Okay. Number four, I'm putting Francisco Lindor. Um, you know, before last season, he was probably number one on a lot of people's uh, lists. Um, and last year, he had a good season. But it wasn't like a Lindor season. Right, he had a 114 runs created plus and 32 bombs, compared to 2018 where he had 130 and 38 home runs. Um, so he definitely declined like a little bit, but he's still you know a top tier shortstop, one of the best in the games. Uh, the game number three, I'm maybe maybe this is premature, um, but I'm putting Fernando Tatis Jr. And look, he's only played half a year, but his stats were ridiculous he hit 22 home runs half a year seems very premature max. and 16 stolen bases hitting 317 with a 150 runs created plus put that over a full season all right that's 42 home runs 31 stolen bases and that's that 317 average which is ridiculous all right he's yeah. good on defense he's probably he's up there with juan soto and ronald acuna as one of the the most fun players to watch in the entire MLB. He's over half a season. He's so entertaining over half a season. Okay, Cameron. I'm just saying this is also like a list, like moving forward. Like these are going to be the 10 best shortstops whenever we play baseball again. Okay. Um, And then the last guy I'll preview at number two, you don't get number one, Javi Baez. Um, That's my boy. Javi, another guy that's super fun to watch. Um, he hit 29 home runs with a 114 runs creator plus last year, and he was an MVP candidate the year before. And his offense went down a little bit like Lindor, but his defense took a huge step forward. And we talked about Bogarts earlier, that negative 21 defensive run staves. Baez had a positive 15, which was 12 more than he had the previous season. So that's that's your little preview. You got to go Javi, check out the rest of it, though. Javi Baez carried my my fantasy uh, my fantasy baseball Can team. Can you like check your ago. fantasy team like like twice? Last year I did, like two years ago when I had him. Though he he made it fun to check. All right. Well, if we ever do it again, I I need you to check. You you're always you're at the bottom of the standings with baseball. You're good at football. Because I, I know football. I'm always good at football. I know football. I'm not good at 
not good at baseball. Because I also if you you know what if you check it like once a week, once if you set your lineups once a week and you really pay attention, like it's hard not to do well. No, see that was my problem with it though is I never knew like when to because the games happen like every day, so I never knew when to set my lineup or like like when to do what. And I also the the thing that I have in the NFL over the MLB is I can go to the NFL and I, I can work the waiver wires for ah, for, for, fan, for fantasy football. Like, I, I, I can see like some, some hidden gems and I, I, I can do like week-to-week stuff for the waiver wire. Yeah. I cannot do that with baseball. I know like the top players on each team, but I, I can't work the waivers of baseball, man. Yeah. So you, you guys listening, you get a tip from me. One thing to cut your time in half, instead of setting your lineups every day, which is fine and it's fun. Try doing it every week and go through each day, take 20 minutes and set your lineups for each day, all in that one sit down. Um, But the one thing that you don't do and that I keep up with is when like big prospects are called up. Like when Juan Soto was called up, like I picked him up the night he was called up. Like I remember picking him up. Um, So that that's, that's kind of what you need to do in fantasy baseball. And not a lot of people love it as much as football because it's, uh, it's a lot more time. I don't have the dedication. It, it takes a lot more effort. It does. It, it's a grind. Do we want to move on to our, our, our fun topic? Our, our fun segment. Oh, yeah. We, we had an argument last night. <laughs> and it was – we. It was before we were we were about to get on Call of Duty Warzone, as as one would, as one would, and we we talked about it a little bit while we were playing, but it mainly happened in the pre-game time while while I was graduating, while um, Max was graduating, Obama was giving Barack my Obama commencement speech directly to Max. LeBron was also talking to me. Yeah, so. it, no one else was there. It was just, yeah, it was just Max. Me. It was just me. They actually was, called him. Yeah. Um. We 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 got into into some nostalgia, and we started talking about. <laughs> that's because I was watching Avatar: The Last Airbender on Netflix. Great show. It's and a good show. Yeah. I earlier during this quarantine, I binged the newest Scooby Doo. Right. And and Max was taking some subtle shots at me, saying so I watched Scooby Doo and Avatar, and I'm 18. <laughs> Yeah, which I responded with, "Shut up! They they're bangers, and they will always be bangers, regardless of age." Uh huh. And that that led us down a huge rabbit hole of of arguing about the the greatest shows from when we were children. Yeah. And there was some controversy. Oh, for sure. That came up. Yeah. Um, a lot of shows that people did not watch. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of disagreements about what made a show good, and so we we have compiled our our top five uh, shows, animated and live action, to to give to you guys today. Yes. Now these are from when we were children, so yeah. Obviously, you you may have had different child time shows depending on, on when you grew up but all for, for all those <laughs> yep. uh kids born in 
between 02, like 2000 and 02 is, is our year. But if you're born like in between 2000, 2003, 2004, even these, uh, I guess 2005, even, even probably got a little bit of this. Yeah. They, these are your shows. These, these are the shows that we have picked from that plethora of fantastic television. All right. I think the way we should do this is go, like I say my five, you say your five, and just go up. Okay. Um, but I, I actually put some honorable mentions because there were just so many good shows. Yep. Um, my first honorable mention, Zach and Cody, mm-hmm. Baller Show. Uh, they made uh, the, the Cruise version of that too, which was really good as well. Yeah, on, um, on deck. That was a good one. Um, I almost preferred that one more. Yeah, I know. Um, I think it's because I remember it better. Yeah, it was more recent. Um, another honorable mention, Victorious. Victorious was great. Cat was Ariana Grande. Fantastic. They pretty much all of the characters just like they they had a great like personality. Um, Vict- Victorious, the the main character, the, the, the Tory chick. Tory, she was a, she was a little bland, but you know, sucked. I I wouldn't go that far. Well, she sucked off camera. You seen those oh, videos I've, of, of I have no idea. No, about any of videos of like people talking about, or they 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 interview the cast. They'd be like, "All right, so who who like sings the most off camera?" And everyone would be like, "Oh, it's totally Ariana." Yeah, and then and <laughs> who's like, hated the most? And then yeah, like like who sings the most? Who has who likes to do the most musical stuff off off camera? Yeah, and everyone yeah. would be like, "Oh, it's totally Ariana." And then Tori, Obviously. Tori, just would be like, "I think we all do it, actually, guys." All oh right, no, so. no, I, I have yeah. seen that. I have seen that. Uh, yeah, that that oh, makes jelly. sense to me. Um, oh, jelly. Another honorable mention. Actually, my next two are both animated. Fairly Odd Parents. I think that's, that's a, a good really show. Underrated. It's one. it's underrated. Not a lot of people bit, talk about it. It's a little bit on the weirder side, but I I, I always I always like that show. Plus, yeah. it had a fire intro. True. Um, and then my last one. I, I still don't know how it made my top didn't make my top five, but my top five is pretty good. Um, SpongeBob. I feel Cameron has a very different opinion on if, this. I don't have a very different opinion. Or maybe just, maybe it was Mohammed that had a different opinion on no, this. No, our friend Mohammed, he the problem arose when you said SpongeBob was better than one of the shows in my top five, <laughs> and yeah, we won't spoil that. We won't spoil that. SpongeBob is a decent show, and there's definitely some banger episodes. Oh yeah, but it's not quite a top five. Yeah, I'd, I'd maybe like maybe six. not even like a top seven. It might it might sneak into the top ten for me. Okay. But when you're when you're doing animated and live action, it's it's like barely a top ten for me. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I think that that was where the main controversy arose. Yeah. I think content-wise, it's maybe not a top five, but I don't want to say like influential, but I probably watched it like almost the most out of any of these. It, it's um, been the most, it was the best for the longest time, I guess. There you go. It, it had the, the longest run. Yeah. Um, so why don't you go with your number five first? All right. My number five, I didn't take too much time putting these into order, but I, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm, comfortable with this order my my number it's it's the fifth show but my top two are like 1a and 1b Ah, that's no fun well for me they have to be no fun i'm sorry they have to be there's 
they're very equal. I can't put one over the other. It would be disrespecting to the other one if I put one over the other. So I just have them one A and one B. All right. Whatever. So no, the fourth place, fifth show, fourth place show is Zach and Cody for me. Both I'm gonna I'm gonna combine on deck in the the hotel one as yeah. like one long series. That's but I I'd, I'd say the overall Zach and Cody universe. <laughs> the multiverse. The multiverse <laughs> of, Zach, of and Zach and Cody is is fourth place for me. Okay. So you, right. you'll do your number five. Yeah, my number five is uh Good Luck Charlie. Mm-hmm. That show was awesome on the Disney Channel. Um the dad was his journey through the show was fantastic. His journey. The overarching yes, because he Bob started off, plot. you know, with the dad bod, but then mm-hmm. As the seasons went on, he just got more muscular, and, n- and then he ended up ripped. Um, so he was a great part of the show. Um, physical f- physical abil- er, attributes seem to be pretty important in your in your show rankings. That's that's not why it's number four. But, I don't know when you were talking five, about Jesse. When you were talking about Jesse earlier, Je- Jesse is a good show. And you don't give it enough credit. I got into Jesse, but you you were using wasn't Jesse as as one of your arguments. Wasn't Jesse like the main character? Did she start on Zach and Cody? I do not. Debbie Ryan. I feel like she did. Yeah, she started on Sweet Life. Yeah, she was like the nerdy who the the nerd girl who. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. Good luck, Charlie's my number five. All right, my number three. Uh, by the way, Good Luck Charlie, great show. I think that would be oh, in yeah. my honorable mentions. Okay. I, I have nothing against putting that in the top five. My number three is uh, is Zoe 101. I think okay. that is another one where it, it ran for a decent amount of time. And I, I enjoyed all the seasons. Great, great cast. There were, there were no like super hateable characters. Logan was pretty bad. But I mean, like, he had his redeeming moments, and I thought he he was he was a good uh, he was he was a smart addition because it didn't make everybody like nice and happy. It, it was an, a smart way to add this other dimension to the show. Yeah, I, Zoe one hundred and one. I feel like was a really huge banger. Uh, right. I'm, I'm gonna put it at my number three spot. Yeah, I never watched Zoe 101, and I don't know why. Because I'm sure I would have enjoyed it. This is the same thing with Drake and Josh, which I never yeah. watched. I feel like, like I didn't go out of my way not to watch it, but it was like it, it probably just was never on. You know, when I sat yeah. down, which Drake, is crazy. Drake and Josh is fine. It was a good show, decent yeah. television. Yeah. All right, my number four, one of the best bands of all time. Mm-hmm. Um. Big time rush. Yep. It was first of all, their music is great. They do have they made a song with music. Snoop Dogg. Snoop D O Double G. Yeah, they boyfriend. That that's a banger. But they have a lot of bangers. Um, but the show was great in general. Um, I love every single one of them. I think it's hard to pick a favorite. It's it's like picking your favorite kid, but mm. I don't know. It's between Kendall and Logan for me. My, uh, my, those are my two faves. I mean, Carlos is awesome too. Like I, I don't know. And James, it's so hard. It's so hard, Cameron. See, it's 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 interesting that you have that at your number four because that that's or your yeah because that's my number two. 
Yeah. So I, I have yeah. that one more slot. Fantastic show. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And Gustavo? you know, Gustavo, my God, you, you know, he, the, I was watching like an interview or not an interview, but Steven Glick, the guy who played Gustavo was talking about it. And apparently he, Kendall and Snoop Dogg, they all smoked together when they were, when they were on the set. <laughs> so they were like That's filming awesome. the show for 12 year olds and they were all smoking weed in the, in, in the oh back. My God. It's, Right, how do you not if snoop dogg offers you you weed you you, you smoke it with him i feel <laughs> that's kind of just like a rite of passage i think right. yeah my it's it's hard i think carlos is just a little bit above the other three for me okay i just think he has the most fun personality yeah yeah, yeah. and now he's in like every hallmark movie in existence um, this is true um, my number three, Wizards of Waverly Place. Now, this this was Selena Gomez before she was like Selena Gomez, right? Yep. Before she was big, and it was just a great show in general. I remember they made a movie too, which was yeah, that was good as well. It was a good movie, but uh, you know, the magic, the everything about it was just fantastic. I thought I thought Wizards of Waverly Place was good. Yeah. Um, it's it it it. it it's. I think it's top ten for me. Okay. Maybe one of one of my honorable mentions. Okay. I think my main issue with it was it got a little, uh, got a little confusing towards the end. I couldn't really follow it. I feel like they tried to do too much. Yeah. So our feel. our ten year old selves did yeah, not have the ability. My to mind did not have the capacity for Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah. And all of their inner dialogues. <laughs> um. My. This is where I get into my 1A, 1B section. Yeah. And we, we have the same show in this spot. Yeah, we do. Now, let me start by saying just because it's in the 1B spot doesn't make it worse than the 1A. It's just the thing I wrote down second. Oh, all right. My, mine is different. This is my number two because Cameron is lame. I think, you know what? I'm going to call an audible here. Ooh. I'm going to say 1A and 1B are still the same two shows, but I'm going to give A and B weight. I'm going to say they're both number one, but if there was a gun to my head, I'm, I, I'd pick this over the other one. So this is number two. No. I'm, this is where the audible comes in. I'm choosing this one over the other one. Oh, you're, you're, you're flip-flopping them. Um, well, it's kind of like flip-flopping since they were on the same ground before. Now it's, they're still on the same ground, but like one's just like a little bit taller, if that makes any sense. It's, no, it makes no sense, Cameron. Just make it two and one. It's not that no, hard. It's not it is hard. hard. It is hard. Okay. It's the, the people. Just, just go ahead. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. All right. One B. This one's going to hurt. I'm putting Avatar The Last Airbender as 1B. It hurts to put it as to imply that I like it less than my next show. But it's, I, this has to be one of the greatest shows of all time. Like, not, like, get rid of the fact that it's a kid's show. Overall, yeah. some of the greatest television of all, of, in my entire life, I think. It yeah. has fantastic characters, right? They, 
can change like matter. Okay, that's already awesome. It's, he's twelve yeah. and he's like taking down entire armies, right? They have a flying bison, and it's it's one of the greatest pieces of television on the planet. And I, it's just it's so good. It's so I, I I can watch it at any age and think to myself, "Wow, this is a fantastic show." It's it's a solid show. It's so don't good. don't think it makes my top five. I think I'd put it in the top ten. Um, That's ridiculous. I think I think you're over hyping it. Just this like, this like is a little bit. This is the show that started the, the whole conversation. Remember yeah, I, was I, talking I about said I said SpongeBob. Was how how we wouldn't we wouldn't this? Yes, you did say SpongeBob was better than Avatar, which is ridiculous. I but this, this is the remember earlier we were talking about how I wouldn't spoil it, but I was watching Scooby Doo and Avatar, uh-huh. and Max made fun of me for watching Scooby Doo and Avatar, and this is what started the entire conversation. Yes, Avatar, respect to you. There, I'll give Avatar uh, credit because he gave us something to talk about. It was a good show. It was a good show. My number two, um, Phineas and Ferb. Mm-hmm. This show, I mean. It was it was always summer vacation. They were always, you know, building something cool. You got Pl- Perry the platypus, Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Yep. I mean, this show was just next level. And the other day, I think it was like, I think it was on TikTok or something. But I I heard a song, and I was like, this is familiar. Like like I really like it. And yeah. I couldn't figure out what it was, but it was a Phineas and Ferb song. Yeah, it was crazy. And Phineas and Ferb is, is my number one. It's, it's yeah. my one A. It's first of all, if if you go back and rewatch Phineas and Ferb, there are some jokes in there that are like high IQ. There are jokes in there meant for the parents watching that show. There are yeah. genuinely funny moments in that show that are like well written. I, I think like one of the main producers worked on on The Simpsons, which oh. which certainly helps. That's true. But Phineas and Ferb is is my one A. You could watch that show anytime. Notice how my top two are animated. I don't know what that says about me, but notice that. Um, Noted. <laughs> it's it was so good. It was such a good show, and. There, there are no bad things to say about Phineas and Ferb. Not one. Soundtrack. They had an original soundtrack, and every song was fantastic. Up there it, with Big Time Rush. Up there with Big Time Rush. They, they rival each other. <laughs> All right. My number one, and I don't understand how this is not in your top five. Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking about it, and... I'll, I'll I'll comment late. I'll comment when you're done. The best childhood show for me of all time, iCarly. Yep. This show had probably the best characters out of out of any show mm-hmm. that I can think of. I mean, you got Gibby, yep. you got Spencer, you got yep. Sam, yep. you got. I mean, it, Carly, like she she's fine. I she I, I see the, her as she like was just the least exciting one. It's always like like the main character who's just like yeah. It's because yeah. the the main character I feel like is meant to be like the most generally agreeable one, which means yeah. which makes them less exciting than right. all the rest of them. And then my boy Freddie, um, 
just a baller cast and some great episodes yeah it was just i i can't think of anything bad to say about it looking back on it i feel like i definitely disrespected iCarly by by not leaving out of my top five yeah um i don't know if it if it beats out avatar and phineas and ferb as my one a and one b it most certainly is not be out phineas and ferb okay i might i might have to slide it in to to my number two slot the as like the third third best show yeah i just i don't know why but it, it didn't come to mind when i was when i was writing my list down it i kind of i had kind of brain farted on, on iCarly but i feel like I feel like it definitely put iCarly above BTR. Yeah. So, I think so. so. I'll, I'll, I'll officially put another audible. As my number two. Man, you can't make up your mind. It, th- first of all, there are so many options. Yeah, there are. And I think, but between, like, when you get to this point, when you get to this point in the pyramid, the pinnacle, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's 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 all it's it's all semantics, you know. They're all essentially the greatest of all time. There's that's, that's your like, opinion. There's there's really no the 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 differences between them are all very slight, okay. and they're there, but they're slight. I feel all right. If if you say so, I do say um, so. But that sort of wraps it up for this episode of the podcast. Yep. We'll be back soon for, um, I guess it's the last episode of the, the uh, MJ documentary. Yes, we, uh, we apologize for that hiatus we took. I'm sure um, you guys were so disappointed. I, we're very sorry. We, to our very dedicated listeners out there. Um, yes. We will do the MJ series uh, episodes that we missed in the next show we'll just do a grand seven through ten grand finale finale if you will yeah um so that's that um make sure you know you guys subscribe if you're listening on youtube um leave us a like um ask us questions we want to we want to talk to you guys um so make sure you know just just hit us up about anything send the video to to your family yeah, if if you if you feel so inclined, what what did you say? Send the video to your family if you feel so inclined. You know. Oh, Just I get, get it. the get the that word. That would out be there. awesome. Yeah, DM uh, random celebrities about us. Yeah, get them to come on the show, and if you get a random celebrity to come on our show, we'll give you a shout out. I guess. <laughs> yes, that would be sure. fun. That would be exciting. Yes, we have, we have big ambitions for some some people who we want to get on this podcast huge um but yeah that wraps it up yep. um until next time we'll see ya thank you everybody